Welcome to Season 5 of the Tapping Into Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Olviram, an award-winning cult beauty and well-being brand steeped in ritual, powered by nature, focused on self-care and finessed by science. They have a wide range of products for you to try, from their signature bath oil, body oil, body scrub, bath salts, face oil and so much more. Olviram are offering you a chance to feel relaxed, restored and renewed giving you an exclusive 20% discount using the code TAPPINGFORMUMS, all caps. In this week's episode, I talked to manifesting queen, Emma Mumford. Emma is the UK's leading law of attraction expert. She is an award-winning life coach, two-time best-selling author of her books, Positively Wealthy and Hurt Healing Healed, and podcast host of the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes, Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. She even interviewed me for an episode and that was released on the 29th of May, 2023. So do check it out if you like. In this chat, we discuss the rise of the focus on money as a whole and how asking for money is hard. We chat about the energetics of money and abundance and the fact that we don't need to be healed to start manifesting. However, the quality of our manifestations improves the more we do the inner work. With awesome one-liners such as manifestation isn't about perfection and manifestation is a co-creation process, you'll be left with an understanding of the five laws of manifesting and get some great tips to get you started. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and as always, share your feedback with myself and Emma in an email or DM or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, Emma, to the Tapping Into podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to chat all things manifestation with you. I know. And we've already just been waffling on. So I have had to press record because all the good stuff's coming out already. Um, Yeah, manifestation, like a huge topic. And I don't know if this is just me, and I'm sure it's not, but I am seeing more and more people and women in particular, wanting to claim their birthright, claim their wealth, be wealthy, be abundant, not have to worry about um, income and and the stress of nine to fives and worried about bills. And and I think we're starting to talk about money more. Is that just my experience or are you seeing it too? No, no, no. I definitely think, you know, it's universal. Definitely. I feel like when I first started this seven years ago you know it was very taboo still very like you know it was a difficult conversation to explain to people what I did for a living and I was like (laughs) you know most people were like manifestation what the heck whereas now like I could me and my partner can't even watch like a tv show without them being like manifestation I'm manifesting this my vision board and he always sort of like eye rolls like not again another show talking about it so I definitely feel like the conversation has hugely amplified you know the last few years for sure and absolutely around money as well because you know obviously my background is in finance and money but definitely people are being more aware and also taking power and taking their reclaiming their power with their finances thinking you know 
I may be employed, I may have a salary job, or maybe you do run a business, but, you know, actually I can take control of my finances and change my financial picture and, you know, achieve my financial dreams with using such tools as tapping as you do, manifestation. Um, so it's really, really good that, especially women, because, you know, as we know, the support and education is not always there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel it's really good that these conversations are happening and more people, you know, are learning more and are trying these things and diving into that conversation what I love is people are connecting spirituality and money because previously I have felt and I've seen in the spiritual and wellness world around me that we are afraid to ask for money that um money's a dirty word you know we very quickly can talk about abundance or even the word manifesting but the word money and asking for money uh, and has been difficult for people in the wellness industry because we feel we are in service. But that doesn't mean that we don't, well, I suppose it means we're devaluing ourselves, you know, and a lot of people would discount their prices or give a lot of things away for free. And how is that changing and shifting, can you see? Mm, and I think there's two two kind of ends of the scale with it really like you know it's definitely a conversation that has always been there as far as I've been aware you know when I spiritually awakened and obviously my past and background was in you know I was a banking manager so I worked in finance and then obviously I had my couponing and money saving business so I was all about money saving and budgeting and money financing all of that jazz So to then come into the spiritual sphere where, again, these stories were, you know, playing out and I was like, wow, okay, like this is really interesting to see this like total shift when you come into like the spiritual world. And, you know, it is really difficult because you do feel like, you know, I am of service. We're here for a beautiful purpose. And, you know, more and more people are awakening. So why shouldn't we help people? And I think that that's an incredible quality to have, to want to help people and to want to share things with people. And that's a great positive. But equally, at the end of the day, our, you know, our mortgages, our bills, they're not going to take, uh, you know, an energy exchange or they're not going to take you know, like a, a gratitude payment. They do want <laughs> hard, cold cash. So <laughs> if we could pay our bills with gratitude and <laughs> energy exchange, oh, my gosh, we'd all probably love it. So I think someday we may be able to. Right, definitely. (laughs) So I think it's really interesting the blocks that come up in people who have spiritual businesses or even people who are just, you know, more spiritually kind of inclined. But I was even having a conversation with my friend the other day who's uh, she's got her own spiritual business. And we said, isn't it funny? Like we're both, uh, you know, self-confessed workaholics here, you know, rewriting that, learning to drop that, learning Mm -hmm. to relax. And we said, isn't it funny how we left the nine to five grind to leave those 40 hour weeks and now we work 80 hour weeks for ourselves. <laughs> so we have a little laugh at it. Like we've really got to let go. We've really got to like invite that rest in and take that financial freedom we've created with our businesses. So I think it's really funny how yeah. how this plays out when you have your business, definitely. And I think, you know, there's been so many people I've seen over the years who have come to me have said, you know, like, money's greedy or it feels wrong to charge for this um but at the end of the day why not why do you not deserve that payment and I think it can feel icky sometimes and I think there's as I was saying there's two ends to the scale I think sometimes there is should we say a little bit of icky marketing around money especially in the coaching industry of like know your worth you know blah 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 and 
yes, know your worth, of course, (laughs) but from an aligned space. And I actually saw a TikTok the other day from this chap, I can't remember his name, who said, if you're basing your worth on a figure, then you need to seriously look at your life. And I was like, oh, interesting like that I was like oh I've never thought about that before Mm -hmm. and it really sparked an inquiry within me because I thought that's so true like you know it's not just about being a six seven eight figure coach like great if that's your genuine goals fantastic but what's behind that why do you want that and actually what level of service are you bringing in that business um you know your intention and what you're delivering so I think it's a really complex conversation with lots of avenues we could go down yeah um, it's really interesting how people yeah don't necessarily marry the two of um you know abundance and spirituality but actually seeing money as a really positive thing yeah and in a way money is energy and energy is spiritual and so because we are energy and so we are connected to money um yeah it I'm basically in the process of relearning my relationship with money and reconnecting to it um, and and letting go of the old patterns, the inherited beliefs, the lack. You know, we've so many stories and complexities and traumas um, linked to desire and and the things that we want in life. Um, We've gone on a total track and I said, I want to go back a little bit because I want to kind of get your story around your spiritual awakening because you were in this, you know, big banking job and you did create um, your coupon business uh, and ran that for, you know, very successfully for multiple years. Then what happened? Like, how did, how did it change? Mm. So that was in 2016. So I started that couponing business in 2012 after I was left in debt from my ex-partner. And so I kind of always see it as like two awakenings, even though I've had multiple over the years. Those two kind of like key ones of like my kind of money awakening back in 2012. Obviously, I just left the bank, got myself into debt from my ex, then found extreme couponing. Obviously, that transformed my life, you know, hugely. Then this business came out of nowhere and I was running that for six years. So yeah, in 2016, I was in my, again, not another not so great relationship. And this was different this time because it wasn't necessarily money related at all it was actually more spiritual and emotional so throughout that whole period I just mentioned from 2012 to 2016 I was experiencing anxiety and depression and I was at the lowest point of my life and I was you know seriously contemplating what am I doing here like how can everyone else be happy and I don't even know what that actually feels like and Looking back now, obviously, the knowledge and awareness I have here and now, nearly 30, you know, obviously, I'm like, well, I know exactly why I felt like that every single day, but I had no awareness of how to love myself. I had no knowledge that there was so much trauma underneath the surface that I had absolutely no idea about. So it was a really pivotal point in my life and in my journey because I was like, well, I'm either going to have to take my life or, or change my life. And I knew I didn't want to end it. But I equally didn't have the tools or resources or knowledge to know how to get help or know how to, you know, change my life, so to speak. So that's when the secret found me. And a lot Mm. of people say the secret finds them. And it definitely was the case. And, you know, obviously it changed my life in the most magnificent way. And learning about the law of attraction was very much like couponing for me, where, 
it just made sense. It was like a remembering. It wasn't like a, oh, this is a new skill I'm learning. I was like, of course, that's how life works. Of course, that's how, you know, all these things have been happening. And this is how I've like shaped my life so far. So very quickly, I saw big shifts in my life because I was learning to love myself. I was learning to have a healthy relationship with myself. I was learning to, you know, walk away from situations that weren't great and, you know, weren't helping me to evolve in life or be happy. So very quickly, you know, my business thrived, my couponing business. I was thriving for the first time and felt, you know, somewhat happier, definitely until the inner work came up many years later but I would call that definitely my spiritual awakening at that point and about a year in um, I started obviously over that period talking about the law of attraction and like you know bringing it into my money work because it was something that I was really passionate about and people loved it I thought people would think money <laughs> law of attraction no no ever but people loved it so it, I was really lucky that you know my audience and my followers you know loved it as much as I did and were interested or already knew about it as well so um 2017 is when I decided to fully put both my feet on my spiritual path and I manifested the seller for my couponing business because that had got so big like a one-man show running that business was just impossible at that time and you know I'd grown it to what it was but it needed a team of experts it needed a team of people to really take it to the next level and help even more people and you know I wanted to help people in a new way as well through Mm. through spirituality so I still teach money definitely um it's just with that added um spiritual and manifestation element now do you feel like I suppose at at that time it was almost perfect timing really wasn't it because you're at the precipice of a change collectively that we've all maybe a lot of us have gone through in terms of reconnecting and awakening to the fact that there is spirit, there is another part of us that we potentially haven't acknowledged and connected with. Um, did you have teachers along that way, like mentors, coaches, people supporting you doing that deeper work? So in the beginning, very like at the beginning stages, it was mainly just books and videos and things that I was watching. Because again, I wasn't really aware of that you could work with a coach or anything like that. I was a complete newbie. Um, I had worked with a counsellor and therapist before I spiritually awakened for my anxiety and depression. And I'd had some kind of like shifts with that, but nothing was really long term. Nothing was really kind of helping those, you know, long term effective shifts. So really, I started to then, shall I say, work with people probably more in the last few years. I feel like books have been my biggest teachers and like, you know, Mm -hmm. following people like Gabby Bernstein and watching her videos, Um, Rebecca Campbell. I love her Mm -hmm. work as well. Kyle Gray. So I feel like they've been my unintentional mentors through (laughs) their books and work, definitely. Um, But I would say like actual people that I'm working with now, um, really came to the forefront, I would say, probably in 2020 for me, when we all went through another big collective upgrade. Mm -hmm. Um, And that for me was when the inner work started coming up and came up thick and fast. So inner child work was the first thing that came up for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually I got diagnosed with PTSD, which was a complete shock to me. I didn't in a million years think or know that was what was going on. Um, So yeah, from that space, I've been working with multiple people over the years with all sorts of modalities Mm -hmm. from like family constellations, sound healing, EMDR, IEMT, um, oh gosh, there's tons. So I feel tapping. like tapping, yes, of course. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like um since 2020, that's really kind of come to the forefront for me. 
Yeah, and I suppose around that time, well, I mean, it's been building, but there are so many more people now supporting in these amazing different modalities. And there isn't just one fix is what I'm kind of realizing because again I actually next week's podcast is about family constellations so we go into that piece and you know that's the whole other section of trauma that perhaps is kind of unknown to us you know um around the ancestral and and generational trauma and then there's the physical trauma in our body and there's um mental and emotional trauma and spiritual trauma like there's just so many different ways to support yourself and you bring that into your book, actually, your your latest book, don't you? All these different ways to bring you on that path. Um, what was it from hurt, healed, healing, healed? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I think it's so important because um, I think again the missing piece that I had along my journey was I was manifesting all these incredible things, but felt so unfulfilled. I felt that void was getting deeper. I had manifested, oh my gosh, like the most intense relationship healing wise ever, and everything was coming to the surface. So for me, I couldn't avoid it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I was like, right, oh my gosh, all these things are coming up. So. I'm always someone who loves trying things and like diving into different tools and modalities. I'm always quite curious with how things work. I've obviously worked with the emotion code and body code and the Healy yeah. that we're as well. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I've done so much. But what I realized was that doing meditation, because I used before that I used to do a heck of a lot of meditation and work with people in meditation. And as much as that does, and I saw huge shifts with that, I realized that actually my cognitive mind was not being addressed or, you know, there wasn't things supporting that. And also the physical body, because I had a really, really bad hormonal um, imbalance come up where my prolactin was dangerously high in my doctor's words. And obviously I had no idea until I kept pushing for these blood tests because I knew something was seriously wrong with me. Um, And, you know, on the outside, it just looked like I had a bit of acne, even though it was really bad. Um, You know, I'm so glad I pushed for that and pushed for that diagnosis because I could have been in a really, really bad situation had that have continued or, you know, I hadn't addressed it. So my body was telling me, my body was like, there's trauma coming up, there is stuff coming up, you need to deal with this. Um, and, you know, it, it came all came through my hormones, all came through my womb space. So for me, obviously, knowing and realizing that it's not enough to just work on the spiritual side of things, like we do have to work with the cognitive, we do have to work with mind, body, spirit, yeah. and know that our physical body is storing that trauma as well. And, you know, it's it, we need to support our human self, because I think sometimes we're so um, focused on the spiritual and being here, there and everywhere that we forget we are humans having a human experience and we've only got one body so we've got to look after it we've got to nurture it and our body you know keeps the score as the famous book says yep absolutely um for someone who's new to manifesting so you kind of alluded to something there which is quite interesting that you don't have to be healed to manifest your dreams right because you have been manifesting these things even though maybe you weren't feeling totally fulfilled by them or it wasn't nurturing your soul. Mm. So we can, like, we don't have to be fixed to another. That, that is any, well, like, I mean, it's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> there's, no, there's no end destination. But some people think like, oh, I must, I'll have to do this work before I can do manifesting, or I have to be this kind of way before I can have what I want. Mm. So that's obviously not the case. So how how does it all work? Yeah, I and mean, it's really interesting. And I have definitely learned that over the years fully that, you know, 
I've never had a problem manifesting, but should we say the quality of those manifestations mm. have shifted hugely. So for me, those friendships I was attracting in the early days, I mean, some of them are still my best friends now, you know, like I'm not saying that you're just going to like go through friends and go through relationships as you upgrade. Definitely not. You know, some people are hundred percent there to stay for life, but mm-hmm. you know, I definitely noticed that my level of surrender as well. My level of alignment has hugely shifted through doing the inner work. So like I mentioned, that relationship, which was hugely triggering and huge like catalyst for that inner work, you know, like I generally had manifested that relationship and I spoke openly about it on all my channels and, you know, openly spoke about manifesting that relationship. So when it didn't work out, I kind of felt a bit robbed and I kind of felt a bit like, well, heck was all of that for but now looking back I'm like you needed that and I really do believe that we get what we need not always what we want and you know I've really found over the years with my manifestations that I had to manifest all of those things to realize that that's not what I'm here to experience I do deserve more I do deserve the best and you know better and that actually those experiences gave me valuable life lessons and valuable experience and healing that I maybe wouldn't have had if I hadn't have had those relationships or hadn't have had those opportunities so for me I see well actually every single one of those manifestations were still amazing in their own right and exactly Mm -hmm. what I needed in that time of my life but they were giving me such a gift and blessing to be able to experience a level of fulfillment and happiness you know that I do genuinely have today but I wouldn't have that if I hadn't have gone through that and I wouldn't have had that catalyst to you know bring up that inner work without those experiences so you know I talk about in Positively Wealthy how I manifested everything off my vision board um, and then realized how unfulfilled I was and that that was a serious problem and I think so many people felt like this but nobody was talking about it and they were thinking oh my god I'm this big fraud what's going on and I definitely felt like that I felt like I was this fraud who was this manifestation teacher who felt miserable on the inside now of course I felt happiness in some aspects of my life it wasn't all room but ultimately I knew I wasn't in my true alignment and really you know like living living the best life quote unquote so to speak so definitely I noticed doing that inner work and addressing the things that came up it became easier to manifest first and foremost the level and quality of those manifestations were way and more amazing than I could ever you know picture in my head and the universe met me and supported me more because I was in that you know in that energy in that vibration so to speak but circling back to what you said about needing to be fixed to manifest things Mm -hmm. I think it's such a huge misconception and I definitely when I was manifesting the relationship that I'm in now was very much like I need to be healed I need to be this like perfect person to like manifest a relationship and my good friend George said to me Emma no you don't that doesn't exist and you need to learn on the job too you are always going to learn on the job and there are always going to be things that come through that relationship so no you're not going to be this perfect healed person because there's more lessons and blessings and you know things that life happens when you're in that situation too And I didn't manifest, you know, the partner that I'm with now when I was at my most healed. Ironically, I was in a fantastic place in my life. Yeah, but I hadn't even been diagnosed with PTSD at that point. So this is proof that sometimes the work happens on the job, because as soon Mm -hmm. as we got together, I was finally in a loving, nurturing relationship for the first time in my life. So my adrenals and nervous system was like, ah. 
then I got diagnosed with PTSD. And, you know, I was on that journey of, you know, going through everything that happened in my childhood, like having all these epiphanies of things I didn't even know had happened. So, you know, for me, it was a very confusing time because I thought, what on earth's happened? Like I've manifested this amazing person and we're so happy. And then all this inner work's come up to the surface. So maybe that's because, like, why? Because you felt safe and loved and secure in one aspect of your life, allowing you that opportunity to dive into the harder stuff and remember and go there and unearth it, knowing you had the foundation with you. Absolutely. And I do believe, you know, everything's going to come up at the right time for you. And I think that, you know, it's manifestation is not about perfection. It's about your journey with it and knowing that you are going to have to learn on the job too. It's like parenthood. I mean, Jesus, it's like the hardest job in the world you cannot prepare for. (laughs) It is a total on the job life lesson in surrender. And the fact you have no control. <laughs> My friend Johnny actually said a really good thing to me. He's a parent of dogs and of children too. So I don't have any children at the moment. But um, before I was getting my dog, I said, oh, yeah, Johnny, I've read all the books. Like, I'm feeling so prepared. And he was like, Emma, as a good friend said to me before my son was born, the baby hasn't read the book. The dog hasn't read the book. So good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. On the job it is. But, you know there's a whole load of gifts and lessons in that as you just described um so the law of attraction manifesting how do we get what we want through honoring yourself is the simple answer but to take that deeper obviously you know I believe there's five steps to the law of attraction there's three in the traditional teachings of ask believe receive but when I was writing my first book spiritual queen you know I was thinking well that didn't kind of help too much. Like it did a little bit. It gave me a little bit of direction, of course. But actually, I feel like there's so much more to this that, you know, and I looked back at all my examples of what I'd manifested. I'd gone through like a little like data analysis of like, right, what was I doing at that point? What was my client doing at that point? What worked? What didn't work? And I really feel like sometimes actually knowing these five steps, like, oh my gosh, takes so much confusion away from people that actually they can have huge shifts just from actually knowing where they are on that journey. So yes, it's about being intentional and that first step of ask. Yes, it's about, you know, clearly asking because it will use money, for example, if you're like, oh, universe, I want to manifest some money. Well, you might find a pound in half an hour and the universe will be like, there you go, there's your money. And you'll be like, no, I wanted a hundred pounds. What do you want about? So we've got to be clear. We've got to ask. We've got to have that crystal clear intention because the universe reflects back to us. So the more crystal clear clarity that you turn up to that divine mirror of life with, the more clarity and the more clearness is going to be reflected to you through your abundance, through your manifestations. So asking is important. And it is the first step for that point. You know, you do have to ask. So ask regularly. If you want to manifest regular abundance, are you setting regular intentions? So being intentional is so, so important with anything that we do in life, but especially with manifestation, being really intentional, setting those intentions regularly is key so that you create this communication with the universe, you know, so you create that connection with the universe. But step two is believe, which is the same as the original step. So believe, I believe, is all about mindset. So it's looking at what stands in between you and your desire. So it's looking at if there's any blocks, if there's any limiting beliefs or fears, It's all mindset. It's all energy in that step. So it's looking at your alignment in that step. 
Um, and anything that's coming up, you know, a lot of the time, especially in the early days for myself, I would set these goals and then a belief would come up or that little voice would come up and be like, who are you to have that? Or no, 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 you can't have this. So we know what those internal dialogues sound like. And this is that second step of belief coming up for us to be able to clear that way for abundance to flow. Then step three is trust. So this is a new step that I've added in. So yes, trusting in the process, trusting in divine timing, trusting that the universe is going to bring this desire to you, but also trust is about action as well, inspired aligned action. So manifestation is a co-creation process. So you need to go 50% of the way and the universe needs to meet you 50% of the way. So it's not going 90-10, it's not going 10-90, it's a 50-50 street. So in this third step, that is where we meet the universe at that 50% mark and we put ourselves in that field of opportunity and possibility through taking aligned and inspired action in a way that feels right it's not about going out and making it happen and forcing that opportunity and you know like being a pest to whatever job you're trying to manifest and be like give me that job it's not about that at all it's about yes trusting but also putting yourself out there to be met halfway by the universe. Then step four is let go, which is another new step. And again, I would say probably arguably one of the most important steps in this process. And hardest. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> but people don't talk about it. Like <laughs> I really got confused because I remember reading Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. Yeah. And I had this book set in my office for like a year. It was a year after publication and I hadn't picked it up. And I was so frustrated and so like, I am so done universe with this desire. It's not manifesting. And I just thought, I'm going to pick up this book. I'm going to find a random chapter in this book. And it's going to be exactly what I need to read. And I found this chapter and it was called, when you think you've surrendered, surrender more. And I was like, what's surrendering? (laughs) (laughs) So I read this chapter very, very quickly. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not letting go. Like I've never heard about, and I honestly don't think I'd let go a day in my life before that, in all honesty. So (laughs) surrendering is so, so important. And I think a lot of people mistake it as giving up or being like, oh, it's Mm. just not going to happen. And it's not that at all. It's still holding the original vision of your desire, but it's at the end of the day, knowing that you're going to be okay either way. It's this or something better for the highest good of all. So it's becoming in that neutral place of, I trust this is going to happen but I'm absolutely okay and know I'm going to be supported if it's not this house if it's not this job if it's not this money you know so it's more of a case of relaxing into receiving it's more of a case of being surrendered rather than giving up and focusing on something else but your manifestation will always come when you need it the least and that's something that I've hugely learned in this process that when we want something when we obsess when we attach you're only pushing it further away so that's that so interesting. Yeah. Important. Yeah. I've just written down detaching from the outcome, you know, that um, like really what we're looking for is the feeling under the desire, isn't it? Like we want, say we want to, I, I'm trying to manifest um, money to go to Egypt, a spiritual trip to Egypt. Okay, and so for me, that is a spiritual expansion is what I'm seeking for there and growth and um, and love and and like vibration, if you get me right. So and so really, that's what I'm seeking for there. It's not 
the money to go to Egypt and, and to be in Egypt, but it's the expansion and growth and evolution of my spiritual path. Um, so if I detach from the outcome, I might get money that maybe funds a different type of spiritual trip or experience that equally does that for me. But if I'm so wedded to Egypt, I will not see the other opportunity, right? Because I'm so blinkered and focused on, no, it has to be Egypt, it has to be Egypt. That that can hold me back. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying here? Is that kind of yeah. brought it into the real? A hundred percent, because we think we know what's best for us. And I definitely have thought this over the years. I know what's best for me, universe. Like, shut up. Like, just give me this desire. And oh my gosh, I did not know what was best for me. And there have been so many like bullets I've dodged, so to speak, over the years with things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I wanted that. And how bad would that have been? Or like, Mm -hmm. it was so out of alignment or it wasn't the right time in my life. It wouldn't have been sustainable. I wouldn't have been able to show up as my best self at that point in my life if it had have appeared six months earlier or whatever. So there's always a divine timing for everything. And, you know, exactly like with the Egypt example there, like there could be like an all expenses paid two week Caribbean spiritual trip instead that you want to go on. Like, oh my God, that's even better. So you know, I think it's really opening up to all possibilities, not just one or two or A or B. It's all yeah. possibilities because there are so many ways our desires can come to us bigger, better in so many wild ways. And when we really, you know, focus in and like it can only be this, it can only happen that way. We're missing the magic. We're missing the opportunity for growth, for expansion, for alignment mm-hmm. and for the universe to be like, just have better, just open up. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm an EFT tapping practitioner and trainer, and I work with women all around the world, helping them truly let go so they can shape their own future free from the conditioning and shackles of the past. I've created a tapping into motherhood membership and community where we meet monthly to tap on emotions and issues that are coming up for us. We enjoy guest speakers and I create a tapping script or meditation for the month too. As well as that, you have access to a library of over 160 tapping videos, meditations, resources and courses. So visit tappingformums.com forward slash join dash membership. We talked, you talked earlier about mindset and blocks and limitations. How is our mindset actually blocking that energy? So this energy around us, the universal abundance that wants to provide to us however our experiences traumas and pains and belief systems are creating some form of energetic block how does that work and how do we draw up that I mean I personally know how I do that and I do that a lot with tapping and um, to change my mindset but from your perspective and what you've learned and seen um on your manifesting journey what's the quickest way to like let go of those barriers Hmm. there's definitely tools and modalities that I would say are like the quickest ways to let them go and I will definitely go into that for sure but in terms of why they block us or mm. how they block our manifestations it's because we are an energetic match to our desires everything's energy as you mentioned earlier so obviously if we are to become that energetic vibration if we're to embody that version of ourselves who has that house who has that money who has that partner who has that car whatever you know is that version of yourself really going to believe they're not worthy of it is that version of yourself really going to feel oh my gosh how can I look after 
um, or nurture that relationship. Oh my gosh, like I've got all this stuff from my past. No, they're going to be happy. They're going to be enjoying their life. And you wouldn't want that in that manifestation either. So really it's looking at what our past experiences and fears are and traumas and essentially releasing that to become that version of ourselves who has our desire. So it's almost like um, radio frequencies, you know, like an old school radio where you're kind of like tuning in and tuning into the stations of it's just attunement. That's it. It's just switching onto that right channel. Boom, there's the abundance. So really the blocks come from that misalignment with the fears, blocks and beliefs. So it's almost like we're putting out that energy and that vibration of I want to manifest this money. But then our subconscious, our mind is saying, oh, but you're not worthy of it. So it's almost like you put out the energy and then oh, it comes back because we're not sure. So it's almost (laughs) like that conflicting energy, so to speak. And that's why it does block us, because our intention is not just like radiating, radiating out and, you know, attracting that to us because that fear, that belief or that trauma, whatever it is is also amplifying out, is also radiating into your connection, into your energy, into your aura field, into everything, right? Mm -hmm. So again, it's not about perfection. It's not about saying, right, we must fully remove that belief before that desire comes to us. Um, But it's like affirmations. The easiest way to explain this is with affirmations. A lot of people repeat affirmations and feel absolutely awful afterwards. And that is not how you should feel with affirmations. Mm -hmm. The reason why people feel awful or think they don't work is because they're repeating an affirmation, which doesn't match the level of belief they're at. So they're repeating an affirmation of I'm a millionaire and thinking, no, I'm not like, come on. And you instantly stop the law. Blocking of it. Yeah. You're blocking it straight away. But when you repeat an affirmation and simplify the original affirmation. So if I'm a millionaire and that's what your goal is, and you're like, actually, that feels like a zero on the belief scale out of 10, rate your affirmations or rate your belief and whatever, whatever you're trying to manifest. And if it's a seven or above, fantastic, work with that affirmation. If it's a six or below, simplify it. If I'm a millionaire or I have a healthy and thriving relationship with money doesn't feel like a seven or above, simplify it. I'm good with money. That might feel like a seven. So you work with I'm good with money until that feels like a nine or a 10. So belief has to be there to, for some level mm-hmm. for the law of attraction to work. You can't just manifest with a zero scale belief, right? And belief is built in two ways. It's built through lived experience. So obviously my belief in the law of attraction on day one is hugely different to how it is now in year seven. And someone starting the law of attraction today, their belief will be very different to my belief here at year seven. So mm-hmm. You will naturally build belief with lived experience of manifesting things, seeing things coming into your reality. But the second part to your belief is mindset. So working on any blocks or beliefs around not feeling worthy, not trusting, you know, not believing that you're, you know, going to be met with support or whatever it is, whatever the belief is. So when you build a certain level of belief, it doesn't have to be a 10 to manifest that desire. It just has to be high enough that the consistent vibration is that of trust, is that of belief, and is that of the aligned desire that you're you're trying to manifest. Yeah. So your overall frequency is over 50%, basically, isn't it? Because like your your joy and your happiness and the peace and contentment in your energy field is at a higher level to attract more of that in. But if your if your anger, resentment, and um, guilt and shame was at a sixty percent, then that is the energy that is 
being attracted into your energy field. Yeah. Yeah. See, like it doesn't mean you have to be be in living in joy 100%. It just means you need to tip the scales. So let go of as much as you can in your energy field. And what we're talking about here is emotions. Emotion is energy. So if you're just releasing emotions, changing beliefs, shifting perspective, you're dropping the denser, heavier energies and you're making room for lighter frequencies. And then that is what gets signaled out to the universe to reflect back to you. A hundred percent. And, you know, when we create the space, even physically in our house, but when we create the space by releasing those emotions or creating the space energetically, that is what creates a space for abundance to come in. If you've got a cluttered Mm. energy or a cluttered house, like there's no room for anything new to come in. Right. So by releasing, you know, the past blocks fears, you're actually creating the space for abundance to flow to you because the capacity is there at that point. You've expanded and created that space. Yeah, that's a really good tip, actually. So let's move into some tips because I know like the whole feng shui, I have a whole podcast on feng shui. That, that's actually so popular because, again, that whole um, using your house as a reflection of your spirit, mind and body um, is really effective in, in manifesting. So um, there is a, a tool that you've just mentioned. So, you know, like clearing space in your house. Um, what other practical tips can you cover for us, like from either setting intentions? What do we what do you do on a daily basis? Like when you get up in the morning, what do you say to yourself? Of course. And you know, manifestation is all about how we bring it into the daily practices mm. as well. You know, a lot of people will create a vision board, they'll create a manifestation box, or they might read my book and do the 33-day practices, and they'll be like, great, yeah put that down all done and it's like no 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 if you want regular abundance you have to be manifesting regularly and that's not to say every day you need to wake up and repeat your affirmations or go down your vision board and look at every single one nobody's got time for that please reassure you (laughs) being intentional is not about hours and hours it's actually about the energy and finding those rituals and practices that bring you the most joy because joy is the ultimate creator and just to circle back quickly before I forget to what you said in your last question um you know when we are experiencing the emotions so think about the version of yourself who has that job who has that relationship who has whatever it is you know what emotions are they feeling what are they doing daily what are they wearing who are they with ask yourself those fundamental questions and start to embody that here and now so if they're feeling joy how can you cultivate more joy if they're feeling peace how can you cultivate more peace in your daily life so I always think embodiment is the huge huge secret to manifestation so start to embody that through action through intention through um, emotion, through the inner work, et cetera. But how you can kind of bring that down into a daily practice is so simple. Gratitude is the best attitude and gratitude can shift so many things in our lives. It can shift your mood. It can help you to be more productive by having a morning practice. And when I wrote Hurt Healing Healed, there's a statistic in there, which I found from Sleep Judge back in 2021, where they interviewed, I think it was like a thousand or 1,500 Americans and found that people who had a morning routine, whether it was spiritual, whether it was exercise, you know, it didn't just have to be spiritual or law of attraction. Anybody who had a structured morning routine on average earned a whopping $14,000 more than people who didn't. 
And they really explored the logic behind this. And they found that by having a structured morning routine, the people were more proactive, they were more productive, they were more positive, and their whole day was shaped completely different to the people who weren't doing something in the morning. So I just feel, even with that huge statistic, why are we not doing that? But equally, it really, really does help um, your mindset, your vibration, obviously, clearly financially, it helps as well. Um, So there's so many benefits just from scheduling out even five minutes in the morning. That's it. It doesn't have to be an hour, five minutes. That's it. If you only have three minutes, then do three minutes. Um, And, you know, you might want to write down some gratitude in a notebook or say out loud or think it in your head, whatever you prefer. Just write down, what are you grateful for today? Why are you grateful for that thing? You know, just a couple of things. What are you grateful for? That can shift your whole mood and your whole vibration in seconds by doing gratitude. I know I've had, you know, times in my life where I felt funky or I felt just like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling it all right now. And I just turn to gratitude and, you know, instantly feel that shift because I'm changing my vibration. I'm focusing on what's going well instead of what's stressing me out so gratitude's a fantastic one and I also really love to do tapping in the morning as well (laughs) Um, I love doing different tapping videos and you know whether it's for abundance whether it's to shift my mood um tapping is a firm favorite of mine in the morning (laughs) um and even just like pulling an oracle card as well I love yeah I love that just to set an intention for the day of what Mm -hmm. should I be focusing on today you know it's that that's my time in communication with the universe of what should I use today universe what's coming up for me what do I need to know right now so you can even just build your connection with the universe through something as simple as that yeah not to talk about this too much but that's kind of what I'm using the Healy for so the Healy is a quantum um frequency personal device you have one too we've just discovered so that's awesome um and every day when I wake up I grab the Healy before I even kind of get out of bed and I kind of just think to myself like what do I need today what is what is going on within me that needs some extra support and a program of some description will come up and I will then run the frequencies on that program. And sometimes I'm up and out about and I'm creating breakfast for the boys as the program's running or other times I'm able to lie there and just kind of really, you know, enjoy the frequencies and, and the relaxation. Um, and then again, during the day. So like it, that, what I'm realizing is it's having a lot of different impact on me, but the in, it's making me focus on intention because it's works. It is created to work with intention. Um, there's a coaching program in there where you put in your focus and goal, and then it shows you the blocks and limitations to achieving that goal that you can then work on. You can then, we did it in the tapping group the other day. We then tapped on all the stuff that came up and it was so relevant. It was so powerful. Um, so the intentional living piece I'm finding the Healy, as I know it is a mechanical device, but I think it knows it me better than I can know myself because there's so much going on in the old subconscious that is, you know, hidden from us and in the physical body. So I'll tell you something kind of embarrassing, right? So the other day, the other night, I I skipped dinner and I had a the end pa- end of a bag of crisps and I had a vegan uh, Kit Kat, and the next morning on the Healy program came up that I needed the fatty regeneration program I was like oh my god I can't hide from this (laughs) and that never it has never come up in the previous six weeks and it was purely because I just didn't eat a proper dinner and I had 
fatty foods. So I thought, wow, I mean, God, this thing knows me, knows what I'm doing. So that's given me more confidence in in it. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really connecting in with, and again, it's a frequency thing. So I'm constantly running programs to shift my frequency, which I'm then seeing impact my joy, my stress levels, my ability to to manifest and everything as well so it, it is so linked this frequency world um and obviously there's loads of other things that we can do to shift our frequency like the gratitude even body work like movement and um yoga and breath work and meditation tapping mindfulness there's so many things that we can do but it is all comes back to energy it does an intention of yes or that you dedicate that time for yourself and again it doesn't have to take up tons of time that self-love that self-care that's mm-hmm. gonna you know boost how your connection with yourself your relationship with yourself it's gonna boost your relationship with the universe your manifestations so I think it's all about like you say the intention you bring to things um and your commitment and consistency with that to see those results yeah amazing you've just manifested and moved into a new house how did you do that so take like it's a good example of kind of a project isn't it like something big very big (laughs) definitely well it was a 50 minute youtube video so i'm definitely gonna uh skip okay (laughs) we can we can link to that so people can have a have a deeper dive Um, So I've manifested the last two houses that I've been in and the things that I find have really, really helped were dream house lists. So getting really clear on what we wanted, what that looked like. Um, So, um, yes, so I got really specific with like the area, obviously like bedrooms, what we wanted to pay for it. So it was the first house that we were buying. We were first time buyers. So obviously I'd manifested my renting property before um, and that was mind blowing how I manifested that one because it was just, and again with this, like a whole series of really um, synchronistic events that happened just totally randomly. And with my last property, I wrote this list down of all these kind of like things that I wanted and how I wanted it to look. And I put that I wanted to pay less money than my two bed flat that I was in, but I wanted a two bed house. So I kind of thought like, yeah cool whatever but I was like nope I'm gonna challenge the universe I'm gonna challenge the universe with this I wanted a nice garden nice garage I was asking for a lot and for less money (laughs) and I'd kept looking I'd gone for properties in the area that I wanted to live in and kept getting rejected they kept giving the houses to couples I was just by myself at that time and I was self-employed so literally a single and employed um, self-employed person I was not um, the favored candidate for a lot of houses so I was getting really frustrated and I remember just like literally giving up and being like oh it's just clearly not meant to be I'm just meant to stay in this flat like whatever I give up I let go and the very next day obviously thinking like I'm not looking at houses I'm not doing anything um that night I had gone online and purchased all new furniture for my flat to redo everything like make it my own and like revamp that space because I was staying in that space the next day my dad is walking around the building site because it was a new build site speaks to one of the builders and says my daughter is wanting to rent a property here do you know anybody who is you know who's just bought a house who's willing to rent and he said oh go on over to the main office have a chat with the people there they'll probably know people there 
dad goes over to the office and the woman's like, yes, we've literally just had someone come in who's purchased a property and wants to rent it. Let me put you in touch with him. So my dad goes and meets my landlord a few minutes later. And my dad's like, I need you to come down here now. We're about to view a property. I've got the landlord here with us. There's one you can view. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it, dad. And he was like, get down here now. (laughs) So I go down, we view it. And I was like, oh my God, this is like everything on my dream list. Like everything down to the kitchen colors, everything. And, um, you know, my landlord was lovely. And because obviously he didn't have to list it anywhere. He didn't have to do anything. I was just there. He was like, you know, I'll do you a good deal on the monthly rent, which turned out to be cheaper than my flat. So I was like, ah, so that was just mind blowing. The same with this property as well. You know, we wrote a dream list again. We got little token manifestation key rings of our first home for Christmas to kind of like set that manifestation in, in you know, movement. Um, but this time my mum found this property. There seems to be a theme with my parents finding properties for us here. Uh, but my mum actually found this one on right move. And I was like, no, it's a blue house. I don't want a blue house. Don't want a green kitchen. Absolutely not. No point looking, mum. It's £15,000 over budget. No point looking. And she was like, Emma, that is your house. You're going to view that house. And I was like, fine, just keep you happy. We'll go view it. And obviously we really love the house. It's a gorgeous house, but it was £15,000 over the budget. So, you know, I had manifested and there's a whole nother part to this story where I had to manifest £100,000 in mortgage because I, again, really long story about being self-employed and going limited. It basically reset the clock. So a year ago when I had applied for a mortgage, I was absolutely fine. We could borrow whatever we wanted this year because they couldn't take my self-employed accounts into account now. It was all limited. Oh, because you need a couple of years, yeah, of accounts, yeah. They were like, sorry, Emma, you look like you earn a lot less money, because obviously it's very different how you pay yourself in Soul Trader and Limited. We were 100K short. And I was like, okay, well, it's not like 10 or 20K, 100,000 pounds. Wow. So, and we just couldn't even get anything even remotely near what we needed for 100k less like nothing not even a flat so it was really really difficult so I managed to manifest 100,000 in mortgage allowance in two weeks with our incredible mortgage advisor and my incredible accountant so somehow somewhere it happened then we had to manifest 15 grand off the asking price of this place too which we didn't to be fair we did get some money off but we actually manifested the money to meet that um, extra 10,000 we needed so it was definitely divinely supported it was definitely meant to be our home um there were definitely a lot of highs and lows with it as well I never want to paint a easy picture with buying a house Mm -hmm. it's never easy but um you know it was definitely worth it in the long run and there you've a lot of examples of letting go and surrendering don't you is in totally just trusting and almost throwing your hands in the air (laughs) saying like okay well if this is going to happen then you got to do something about it you got to you got to shift something for me yeah i mean i couldn't make the banks give us an extra (laughs) i couldn't force you know that house to come on the market i couldn't force yeah of my other property to meet my dad at that specific location so you know it was all destiny it was all down to that divine level of surrender where I got out of my own way that the universe was like oh finally we can make it happen Emma funny like that manifestation is really just intentional living isn't it it's like just being very purposeful and aligned with 
your soul, your spirit, like what you desire. So really, it's worth spending a lot of time on what, what it is you desire and what it is you actually want. Because I'd say we're just all putting out completely mixed messages to the universe. And the universe doesn't really know how to support us because we're not really clear on what it is we want. Yeah, and I think sometimes we have to be clear on the support we want as well. I think we just... Um, assume the universe can read our minds and know what <laughs> at every given time and you know yeah it can to some degree we also have to give permission it's like Kyle Gray always mm-hmm. says in his work in order for angels to help you you have to invite them in and I believe it's exactly the same with the universe that the universe can't interfere unless you obviously are like help me like I need support so we may not always know what that support looks like specifically we can't be like right I need this this and this because that's control as well but mm-hmm. it's more of that openness and that surrender and that relationship with the universe where you're saying you know I'm open to creative solutions I'm open to miracles I'm open to you showing me how I can do this better and that openness and willingness can open so many doors for you instead of being stuck in your stubbornness and like I know what's best for me so there yeah that that's leaning into the surrender piece isn't it and the openness so the openness to to miracles amazing because i was going to ask you what are the best ways to ask for support so you kind of just <laughs> answered that already um ask simply ask for the support that is the best help way. yeah ask for help ask for support that may look like spiritual help that may look like asking a friend for help that may look like Mm. asking a counselor or therapist for help you know help can look like so many different things and um you know so many beautiful things have happened in my life from asking for help in all forms and you know it's good to be able to receive it's good to be able to feel that support too and not just you know like have to do it yourself all the time oh god 100 percent. I mean it's such a feels like a burden to carry isn't it just feeling like it's all on your shoulders when actually it's not and we do need a support team around us I mean especially on the healing journey and and the return to self journey we need we're not experts in all these different areas we need experts and help in these different places and one of the things that popped into my head there was around openness was around listening to our messages because if we're we we say we're open like I'm open but then all these opportunities come our way and we don't see them we don't acknowledge them we don't follow them we don't act on them we don't feel them then we're not receiving Mm. the help that is coming so how do we how do we genuinely allow ourselves to receive because I know a lot of women particular and mothers we give 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 all the time how do we allow ourselves to receive is that linked to self-worth Oh my God, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you asked that because we never got to the fifth step of receiving the steps. Yay. <laughs> it's circled back round beautifully. So, <laughs> and a lot of people were obviously like, well, receive is celebrate. Woohoo, my desire is here. Fantastic. Haven't got to do anything. But that's a mistake as well. And, you know, a lot of the time, especially in the secret it wasn't really described in this way it was like yeah your desires here celebrate fantastic so that's what we've been taught but what Mm. I found over the years is is that my capacity to manifest has hugely grown through my up leveling of receiving and I'm definitely like an independent woman who again had wounding around receiving and I was like always the giver always the person who would just like make things happen support myself So actually learning to receive and let go and balance my divine feminine energy was like Mm. the most like 
nails down a chalkboard moment <laughs> for me because I was like, oh my God, I have to receive, I have to trust, I have to let the universe meet me. But actually by doing that, something really beautiful happened where I learned that actually there's so much power in allowing ourselves to receive. And I always ask this question at any talk that I do. I say, how often do you allow yourself to receive in life, whether it's love, money, gifts, support, hugs, whatever? How often do you allow yourself to receive? Because very often as spiritual folk, especially if we have self-worth wounds, we definitely will not be allowing ourselves to receive a lot of the time. But try this this week. Just try, you know, asking for help or support or try allowing yourself to receive more instead of just going and doing the thing. Allow yourself to be met because when you allow yourself to be met and allow yourself to receive more, your capacity for receiving abundance hugely grows. And you may think, well, how on earth is that connected? But when we're in in that energy of receiving, we're in the energy of receiving abundance too. What we allow ourselves to receive only multiplies with that energy because the energy is like a ripple effect. It goes out and it's like, oh, Emma's receiving. Let's bring her more things to receive. So it's all about a dance, I feel like, with life and with polarity and with the law of attraction. It's always this dance between doing and receiving, but definitely allowing yourself to receive in life is the final step is so important with manifesting because you're only going to receive your desires here in the present moment. You're not going to receive them in the past. You're not going to receive them in the future. Mm-hmm. Only time you can receive your desires is in the present moment. So we have to be present and we have to be in that capacity to receive. And, you know, like I said before, I definitely was manifesting and manifesting great things. But actually now manifesting is so much more effortless for me because I realized that doing less attracts more. I realized by allowing myself to receive, I allow myself to receive so much more abundance. Wow. I think there's nothing more to say. I think that is just like the gold and so powerful. Again, you said power in receiving, like that is just such a lovely thing for us to remember. You know, we, we give away so much of our power and it's time to call it all back now in so many ways and and, in, in aspects, you know, through space and time let's just all call our power back now and just allow ourselves for, for all the good to come and drop in and 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 that the you know one thing I've learned on my journey is no one is more worthy than anybody else we are all equally worthy of receiving all the abundance in the world and if everybody thought like that like can you imagine how amazing the world would be exactly it would yeah. be incredible well, let's 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 hold the vision <laughs> for an abundant life for every single person. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Thank you, Emma. That was amazing. I mean, I could keep you for totally another two hours, but I will ha- have to let you go. And I'm very, very grateful for your energy, um, wisdom, experience, and for sh- your sharing with us today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed this chat and had a few light bulb moments. What are your key takeaways? Please do subscribe, follow or leave a rating or review to help this podcast reach more people and jump into my DMs and let me know how you get on. Thanks again to Olvirum who are generously giving us 20% discount with the code TAPPINGFORMUMS in caps. Do share with me what you buy and what you think. Also, don't forget to check out my website to take my quiz and start ramping up your own self-care practices. 
visit tappingformoms.com.